intercede or need. I want to read before we get to 1 Kings chapter 10 from Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Here's what Ecclesiastes chapter 11, I should say, verse 4 says, He who watches the wind, waiting for all conditions to be perfect, will not sow seed. And he who looks at the clouds will not reap a harvest. What it's basically saying is that if you're waiting for things to be perfect before you give, before you sow, before you cast any seed, there will always be a reason why you shouldn't. Something will always come up. Something will always happen. You'll always say, well, I don't know if today's the right day. And what happens is, is we sometimes consider need before we consider seed. And what I mean by that is this. I'll give you this example. When we have a guest speaker here at the church, I've seen this happen for years and years, and, and, and you know, they would take up an offering at the end, and, and uh, you know, sometimes it just depends on the guest as to what kind of offering we get. Let me give you this example. If we have a guest here today that, that might talk about the ministry, and they have a worldwide ministry, and, and they travel quite a bit, and we brought in guest speakers like that, you might look at that kind of guest and go, you know what, they're doing pretty good. Yeah, I think, I think they're doing all right. In fact, they, they probably got more money than me. I mean, here he is talking about flying in airplanes, and they're talking about this, that, and the other, traveling, and all this stuff. Man, they're doing fine. They, they're doing great. $20. Because we give based on need. You know, you think to yourself, well, should I give to the church? I don't know if I should give. With depends on, you know, the church is doing all right. You know, maybe I'll just kind of, we'll just throw a little bit in there. And that's need giving. We saw it a few weeks ago when I brought in Brother Bunch from Columbia. Man, Brother Pastor Andreas Bunch from Columbia, a dear friend of mine, a brother. And, and he came and he preached. And man, we took up a tremendous offering for him. It's the biggest offering we had for a guest speaker all year. Why is that? Because people think, man, this guy needs it. He's in, he's in Columbia. He's not making that much money, man. And so we give, and there's, listen, there's nothing wrong with it. We want big offerings for, you know, missionaries. There's nothing wrong with that. But do you see that sometimes when we think about giving, we think about the need and not sowing seed. Let's, let's look at 1 Kings chapter 10 because we're going to illustrate what, what God's trying to say to us today. Starting in verse number 1, 1 Kings chapter 10, it says, Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retouine, with camels that bore spices, very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all her questions, verse 3 says, and there was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, listen, the house that he had built, the food on the table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters, and their apparel, his cupbearers, and his entryway by which he went up to the house. There was no more spirit in her. Now, that, that just simply means she was overwhelmed. She was overwhelmed. She was overwhelmed at all that she had seen. And it said this, Then she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes, and indeed the half was not told me. Now watch this. Your wisdom and what? 
prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. Look down at verse number 10. It says this, Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices in great quantity, precious stones, and there never again came such an abundance of spices as the queen of Sheba gave to Solomon. We don't know a lot about this queen. We know that most theologians believe she was from Ethiopia, traveling over 1,600 miles because she heard of the fame, the wisdom of King Solomon. When she came into where he was, she saw all of his house. She saw the apparel. She saw everything that he owned. Watch this. She tested him in his wisdom, and then she gave. Now, my question is this, did he need it? Come on now. If you look at how much 120 talents of gold is today, it's equivalent to about $120 million. Huh? Somebody said the rich get richer. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what the world wants you to think. They want you to divide you up, think it's, it's us versus them. We've got to take from the rich to give to the poor. But what she saw was not a need. He did not need the money. Huh? But instead, she sowed a seed. Come on now. I said she sowed a seed. Huh? She didn't give to a need. No, no, no. He didn't need the money. He was rich. He was rich. Instead, she sowed a seed. You'll find that the blessing of God is on the seed, on the seed. I heard the story of a man named Jesse. Jesse had a friend who was rich, rich. He was, he was very wealthy. And they would go out and eat and they'd do different things. I mean, they were buddies, but they liked to collect guns, man. They were, they were, they were hunters, and, and so they collected guns. And, and Jesse bought this Winchester rifle. It was really expensive. You know, Jesse wasn't poor. He had some money, so he he'd saved up. He bought this Winchester. It was beautiful. It was great. And he showed it to his wealthy friend, and the wealthy friend said, man, that's a beautiful gun, man. That's fantastic. It's just beautiful. And then Jesse went back home, and God spoke to him and said, I want you to give Give that man your rifle. Huh? How'd you like to be on the other end of that conversation? Yeah. I want you to give the wealthy man your rifle. And Jesse spoke to God and said, God, he's rich. He could buy 10 rifles and never even blink, never miss it. He could buy the Winchester Company, the whole company. That's how much money he had. He could buy the whole thing. I mean, he was wealthy, wealthy man. God said, I want you to give that rifle to him. So he's like, man. So he grabs the rifle, goes over there, sees his friend and said, you know what? I, I just want, I want to give you this. You admired it and I want to give it to you. And here's what that man did. That man with tears welling up in his eyes said, I can't remember the last time anyone has given me anything. Why? Because he's so rich. Nobody gave him things. Nobody gave him gifts. They just assumed he can go out and buy whatever he wanted. But God wanted Jesse to sow a seed, not give to a need. Not give to a need. Mark chapter 14 tells the story. Many of you know this account of the woman who comes to Jesus while he's in a room and she brings a box of perfume. Very 
precious, very costly box of perfume. Now watch what happens in verse 4 of Mark chapter uh, 14. It says this, But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. You know, sometimes we look at that and we go, who are them to criticize, huh? Until you realize that 300 denarii is $20,000. $20,000, huh? I would be on the other end criticizing her as well. What does she, $20,000? Isn't there a nice $100 bottle of perfume you could get? If I saw Cynthia walk into Jesus with a $20,000 bottle of perfume, I'd say, sister, where are you going? Sit back down. You ain't going nowhere with that $20,000 bottle of perfume. I would be on the other end too. I would criticize her. I would think to myself, that's a waste. Why? Because Jesus doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. It's not necessary. And see, that's the danger of basing your giving on need. On need. God doesn't want you to consider need. He wants you to sow a See. Now watch what happens, because in verse number 9 it says this, Assuredly, this is Jesus talking, Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a what? Memorial to her. What's a memorial? A memorial is something that lives on after you're gone. And a seed is something that lives on after it leaves your hand. And Jesus said, what this woman has done, it is a seed that will live on long after she's gone. She has sown a seed, not given to a need. Yeah, yeah, that's how we do it. That's how we give. We give sowing a seed, sowing a seed. I want to give you three laws that governs seed giving. And the first one is very simple, and I'm going to go through these fairly quickly, but number one is the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7 says, Whatever you sow, that will you also reap. It is the law of sowing and reaping. Now, there are a lot of laws that take place in the world. I'm very grateful for many of them. The law of gravity is one that I really appreciate and I take advantage of it and I try not to neglect it in any way, shape, or form. But the law of sowing and reaping, I believe, supersedes any law out there. In fact, every day of your life, that law is in effect in your life, in your family, in your finances, everything you do on the job, It is the law of sowing and reaping. You are going to reap what you sow. Do not think that your ship is coming in if you have not sent one out. Out. We have to sow in order to reap. And so that is necessary in our life. Ecclesiastes chapter number 11 verse 1 says, Cast your bread upon the water, for you will find it after many days. That's from the Bible. Pat Boone did not make that up. That's from the Word of God. Cast your bread upon the water. Some of you looking at me like, who in the world is Pat Boone? (laughs) Did I show my age? Pat Boone, y'all. White patent leather shoes. Pat Boone. Google it. 
cast your bread upon the water. What that means is this, you're going to cast seed. Some translations say grain. You put your grain on the water, it goes into the river. The river flows down. When the river overflows, it, overflows its banks, that seed just scatters. When the banks recede, the water recedes, that seed then becomes planted in fertile soil, and as you travel, you will find your seed producing a harvest. Cast your bread, cast your bread. It is the law of sowing and reaping. You have to sow in order to reap. The second law is the law of same measure. The law of same measure. Now, tithing is, is very simple. I find tithing to be very simple because it's a percentage. And that's why I know it's God because it takes the decision-making out of my hands. I don't get to choose. It's a percent. God has already chosen. That's why I know it's God. But isn't it like God to just do something where our will is removed from the equation? But when you sow a seed now, when you give, see the Bible says, I'm talking about offerings now. When you give, the Bible says you give as you purpose in your heart, a heart that's been touched by God. You give as you purpose in your heart to give, so you sow a seed. But So that means this, that it's the same measure then, the same measure. Jesus said the same measure that you use, it will be dealt back to you. Luke 6 38, let's read it. Luke 6, 38 says this. It says, Give, and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So God uses the same spoon, come on now, that you use to give. He just says, let me borrow that spoon for a minute, okay? Because it's the same measure. That's a joke. Some of you get that later at lunch today, but, but it's the same measure. It's the same measure. And so that law is always in effect. So, and it's not, listen, you say that if I give $20, God gives me $20. No, no, no. God judges us by what we have left over, not by what we give. That's how the measurement is taken. That means that I have to give in faith. It has to be significant for me. The woman who, and here's why I know this, because there's a story in the Bible of a woman who gave two mites equaled half a penny. And Jesus said, watch this, she put in more than the rich who put in bags of money. So it's not $20 and then I get $20 back. It's I'm giving in faith something significant. Then God says, okay, now I'm going to give back to you something significant. Hallelujah. Because it's all about what's left over. That's when faith is activated. It's easy to give $10 when you've got 100000 in the bank. It's harder to give $10 when you only have twelve. Right? Right? So it's the same measure. That, that's the law that it's in effect. It's constantly in effect. It is the law of same measure. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And the last one is this, and this is where I want to spend just a moment because it is the law of perpetual blessing. The law of perpetual blessing. God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, He said this, He said, Hey, Abraham, 
I'm blessing you. Watch this. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. And you shall, what? Be a blessing. You will not do blessing. Watch this. You will be a blessing. You say, well, pastor, what's the difference? The difference is God saying to Abraham, blessing, generosity, giving is going to become a part of your DNA. It's, it's who you are now. It's not that you, you just bless. You know, you could bless once a year. That doesn't mean that you're a blessing, right? Being a blessing means this. Every time God blesses you, you look for an opportunity to bless somebody else. Yeah, it's every time. It becomes a part of who you are, not just something you do. It's this is who I am. I am a blessing. Someone told me years ago, they said, you know, when, when poor people get money, they look for ways to spend it. When rich people get money, they look for ways to invest it. I said, man, you know, that's true. Because when my wife and I were first got married, we were poor. I'm talking about, anybody ever been there? I'm talking about we were poor. We were po. We couldn't afford the last two letters. We were so poor, we were broke. We had no money. I was making $252 a week. I was highly skilled and sought after, clearly. And so $252 a week, that's what I was making. And I remember one year, we went to get our income tax check. And I went down to the person who was going to do our income tax check. And she said to me, you're getting back this year $6,750. And I tried my best, right? Because <laughs> I was making less than $20,000 a year. I tried my best to be calm and just said to her, thank you very much. <laughs> she said, would you like that sent to your bank account or in a check? Bank account would be fine. That will work. Now, this is pre-cell phone days, so I couldn't, I couldn't just text Cynthia. So I had to walk in and tell her, right? You know how we do, right? We know how we do. Honey, uh, the lady told me how much we're getting back this year. She's... She said, how much? I said, guess. She said, 1,000? I said, no. Uh-uh. A little higher than that. She said, 2,000. Uh, no, keep going. Keep going. I was so excited. She said, you're kidding me. 3,000? No, 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 no. She, she said, just tell me. I said, 6,700. We're rich. We are so rich. We're so rich. We got so much money. Steak dinner tonight. Hallelujah. And you know, I kept checking the bank account. You know how you were like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. And when that got deposited, I'm talking about we were so excited. $6,700. Listen, do the math. That was like a third of what I made. So think about what would come into your bank account. Do you know that in three months, Three months, three short months, 90 days. I looked around the house, and let me tell you what I had to show for that $6,700. One digital camera that cost me like $400. You know, back then it was like 2.1 megapixel, like $400, like this big, you know what I'm saying? 
That's all we had to show. We blew through $6,700. Huh? And we never thought about what we would give. Never thought about what we would give. See, I believe this. Yeah, poor people, when they get money, they look to spend it. When rich people get money, they look to invest it. I believe this. When godly people get money, they look for ways to give it. It's the first thing is say to ourselves, okay, money came in. It's extra, it's over and above, or, or hey, we're, we, we budgeted out. We, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to make some room. We're going to do something so that we can give. It's a part of our DNA. I want to be generous. I don't want to be a hoarder. I don't want to just think it's about me. Listen, God didn't give you the raise. God didn't give you the promotion. Come on now. God didn't move you up the ladder. God didn't do all these things, the new job, the new this, that, and the other, so that you could buy more stuff. He did it so that you can be a blessing. Amen? Here's what 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 10 says. It says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of what? Stuff? No, a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be what? Generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, here's what happens. They'll thank God. They'll thank God. It's seed giving and not need giving. That when I get an opportunity, I, I, I don't, whether they need it or don't need it, whether I think, I judge, whether I judge whether they need it. Huh? I want to sow a seed. I want to sow something significant. We're believing God. Man, God has just birthed this in me lately about this building getting paid off. Hallelujah. How, you know why? In here, you know why? We've already bought two buildings. We bought two buildings. Just reminded of that this week. I was praying and spending some time with God. And I was just reminded, we bought two buildings in Columbia. We bought them with cash and we paid to renovate them. And I've been in them. I've seen it. And do you know this? Watch this. Seven days a week, kids get fed in those buildings. Kids get fed. Kids from, from a neighborhood, I'm talking about a poor neighborhood, come in, and in those buildings, they get educated and they get fed. I've been in them. Some of you have been in them. Listen, we bought those, and listen, we sowed a seed. We sowed a seed. Huh? Did we give to need? There's always a need. Yeah, there's always a need, Right? But it wasn't based on just a need. We sowed a seed. And I'm believing God, this building is going to get paid off, amen, that we are going to be debt-free. Because I started to think this week, what could we do if we're debt-free? Huh? Who else could we reach? What, what more, how many more missionaries could we support? And what could be done for our kids? And, and what could be done for our youth? And hey, man, listen, I, I understand. Listen, we've, 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 we're blessed. We've made payments and stuff. I mean, you know, things are always tight. But listen, we've made payments for four years. And I'm believing God we're going to keep making those payments. And, and it's not about that. It's about what else can we do if we're debt-free. Amen? We need to sow a seed. Hallelujah. I don't know how it's going to happen either. Don't get nervous. I ain't taking an offering today. Don't worry about it. Huh? 
We're not taking one next week or the week after. We're not starting a stewardship program. Just, just relax for a minute. But I know this. God's going to do it. We've had two different prophetic words by two different people who were in no way connected that this building was supernaturally going to get paid off. Because God's going to speak to people. Someone's going to sow a seed. I believe that. It might be a little bit at a time. It might be something significant that comes in. I don't know how he's going to do it. I just know that he's going to do it. Amen? Amen? Now, what has God blessed you with? Because Cynthia and I, we look at our life, and, and you know, where we came from, and, and, and that $252 a week, and, and God brought us through this, this process, because we didn't know anything back then. It was all about us, and God just has brought us to so far to where it's, it's not about us anymore. God blesses us to be a blessing. And let me tell you, God blesses you. He blesses you to be a blessing. 